Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Human Vision Touch or Human Touch Podcast, whatever floats your boat. Back again, as always, my man, Tommy. Tommy, it's been a bit, but welcome back, brother. How are we doing today? Oh, KT, I've been great, man. A lot of work done, do positive things. Hope your day is going well as well, sir. Absolutely. Let's get into episode seven here. As you can see, successful habits sometimes can lead to positive things, but in reality, there's always obstacles in front. And on today's first Psychology Today article, by Jim Taylor, PhD. We're going to talk about some of the environments. We're going to talk about some of the baggage. We're going to talk about some of the habits and emotions as a quick summary. Uh, Let's get to it. One of the first things Tommy, Mr. Taylor says here is part of the problem is that the self-help industry has distorted our perception of change, leading many to believe that change should be easy and should happen quickly with little effort. I I want you to take this from an anthropological and PD approach, PDP, as always, don't forget that about just the general definition of what change can mean to people and how it can elevate or de-elevate certain aspects of life. Let's go. I got you, man. Um, I think the first thing that we should realize when, you know, tackling this, um, this uh, self-help or, or personal growth or success or however you want to word it is that it is difficult um, because anything that's worth anything is, is you're going to have to work for it. It's not going to be handed to you. That's a whole different thing. Um, and I think that this gets, this part of it gets glossed over um, when, you know, you buy, no pun intended, into these um, these success courses or these, you know, workshops or lectures or whatever. Um, I, I think that the the positive part of this uh, of this change is is overlooked um, with it'll happen fast or it's a miracle or it's easier or it's, you know, it's, it's magic. Um, personally folks, I think that's a, a, a quick red flag to run um, because you're losing focus of yourself. Um, I think that your success rate will go up a hundred times. Um, if you realize that this is a difficult process and it's slow, um, you know, not all the time, but for the most part, it's a slow, gradual process. And it's going to take some serious commitment to get from start to finish. And with that sort of mindset, I think you can do very well. No, I couldn't agree more, man. I think the problem, like you say, with those those courses, self-help lectures and workshops and seminars, sometimes there's a lot of fluff involved. And when you have that fluff, you don't see what's inside of you from an intrinsic side. But Let's get into some of these main obstacles. The first one is baggage. And it says here, once again, by psychology today, like all of us, you bring good things in adulthood from your childhood. And as a human being, you probably also bring some not so good things, what commonly call your baggage. Most frequent types of baggage include low self-esteem, perfection, fear, need for control, anger, and need to please. Now, let me, I'll start us off here. When you look at baggage, as it says here, adulthood and childhood is a very interesting time. You think about, there's always a lot of self-doubt when it comes to the ages of 10 to 15. As you think about self-doubt, it's like, well, what could that be? It could be peer pressure. It could be something happened at a local event, sport, school, whatever. And controlling that is not easy at that age. On the flip side, though, at four or five, you get all this information. You get all these events. You see many things because your brain and your, and your overall perception is a little skewed, right? Because you're a kid, you're just thinking, oh, what, what could possibly go wrong? And you start asking these questions, want to have fun? You know, what's the most fun thing? Can I get it from point to A to B? And I think with all that, it comes with the baggage. So what I'm getting at here, Tommy, 
just the things I mentioned, low self-esteem, perfectionism, fear, need for control, anger, need to please. How do you manage that? And how can we tell our viewers, hey, listen, those things happen, but what's the best control mechanism and best uh, mechanism in general to control everything around you while staying true to who you believe when it comes to baggage? Uh, I'll, I'll refer back to some of our older episodes uh, in our first season and talk about accountability. I think that that's the biggest part of, of um, let's just call it negative baggage management mm-hmm. um, is NBA. accountability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the accountability and the ownership of this baggage that, that you bring into a relationship. You know, and of course, I use that term loosely because it could be, you know, work. It could be, you know, love, whatever. Um, but the same baggage is going to be with you, you know, either way. So if we uh, – it also plays on our, our communication skills and our ability to hear criticism. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can do that, then we can own our negative baggage. You know, the low self-esteem, the, the fear, the need for control, anger issues, need to please, whatever it may be. Because any one of those things is going to cause us to it, it, to think, to feel, to act uh, in the way that we always have or who we were as a child or when this trigger situation happened to give you this baggage in the first place. And, that's, and sometimes that could be a totally different person than who you are, you know, in the moment. Because honestly, most of the, the, the well, all the examples that we just used, they would cause you, they would, they, they would definitely cause you to act in, a, in an unproductive way as far as growth and success goes. So I think that if we can manage, you know, if you like, if you're in the middle of a situation and you feel uh, one of those, you know, those negative baggage things coming on, if you own it, then I think you'll be able to manage it a little better and possibly, you know, re that situation into something more positive. Whereas if you just let it go and let the, the baggage become unproductive so to speak mm-hmm. then you're just going to repeat that cycle over and over again yeah just so what you're saying manage to improve right you manage it right when you first manage things it'll be a little bit hard at first which is fine anything you have to manage is hard at the end of the day when you're starting out but then once you start managing it well and start to create more of a sense of consistency and reliability at that point it's just fine-tuning and you think about that tuning that middle stage what, what, what can I do? Maybe it's a little thing right there. You can save 10 minutes. You can save 15 minutes of that. Maybe you can save a meeting and create less trauma for you down the road. And you look at the last thing, as I said, the improvement stage. At that point, once you have tuned everything you've got as the unproductive way, as it says in the article here, you've tuned that unproductive ways to productive ways. The improvement stage is, all right, well, now instead of just taking 15 minutes, cutting 15 minutes, you just do it without thinking, right? You have no hesitation. It's like, it's like cooking. A, it's like cooking a meal without a recipe. It's like you just know it. You back of your hand. It becomes second nature. You don't have to wait for an opinion or wait for someone there. It's always uh, self self sufficient, right, Tommy? That's right. That's right. I was thinking the same thing when you said that. All right, that's perfect, man. Let's uh keep it right along here. Some baggage, pretty good. Let's go to habits. As always, Mr. Taylor says here on Psychology Today: When you experience thoughts, emotions, and behavior that are driven by your baggage with enough frequency. They become deeply ingrained in habits that dictate how you act and react to the world. This poor technique becomes wired into the thing that their muscle memory and comes out in competition. Similarly, when your baggage becomes ingrained as habits, they produce seemingly reflexive responses, even when they are neither healthy or adaptive. Let's sum that up here, Tommy. 
think about, let's take that first part. I think it's really important. When you experience thoughts and emotions and behavior driven by become frequent, they become deeply ingrained. Talk about how you can, what that just said, talk about how you can change the narrative, right? Oh, you know, everything in the world is going to become ingrained eventually. It's just when you start to plant that seed, how do you manage, like they said, the emotions and the behavior that constantly change in flux because of what you're doing with your daily habits? Yeah, sure. And we just kind of touched on it a second ago. That's why I didn't really go into it a little further than I did. Um, it's because habits play into that uh, equation we talked about. Um, and it actually says right here at the top, when those three things, your experiences, you know, you, your experiences, your thoughts, your emotions. Well, when you experience thoughts, emotions, and behaviors that are driven by that negative baggage you have enough times, they become, they, 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 are no longer baggage now they become habits it's your go-to right it's it's that i don't know emotion or that behavior that you that you it's your it's your go-to emotion or behavior in this situation like if you get uncomfortable you know you automatically get defensive and and you know it's a different person than you um and then once you do that enough times then that's just what you're going to do going forward until you either retrain yourself to not do that or well yeah that's it you just have to retrain yourself sure. or you never do it to begin with because someone points it out to you you take it for what it is and you fix it and that all comes down to determination that all that all gets back to how bad you want it and what you'll do to get it you know uh but ultimately the answer would be again is managing your baggage while it's still baggage before it becomes a habit no, you something up pretty good. I don't really have to add on to that on that first part. I think it's just you look at the routines and the daily lives of people. We're looking at things from a faster point of view than ever in society. And if you look at the way emotions and thoughts claim to be baggage, sometimes you have to put that baggage claim to the side and say, hey, is it better just to wait and be patient before I pick up my bag? Or is it, hey, you know what? Maybe there's a certain situation where you can't pick up that bag right now and you actually have to wait a couple of years or you have to wait a couple minutes or a couple the time the time is relative in this case at this point it's just the intentions that matter wouldn't you say so i totally agree and uh especially right now in this time that we're in that is i don't know a lot more shaky than it has been in a long time you know socially speaking culturally speaking um you know everything changes really fast now um and, and, and that's what our show is about, ironically, is, you know, how to make change a good thing, how to, how to have, you know, a positive change and not just negative changes. Um, and this is why this has become so crucial is because of the time that we live in, because things are topsy-turvy sometimes and because, uh, honestly speaking, um, we've really embraced the freedom of speech thing to the point that you know, even, I don't want to say, well, I'll say it, even when hate speech is, is given free reign because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Um, and I mean, not just hate speech in a certain form, but I mean speech in a way that has no positive effect on anyone whatsoever. You as an individual still have to have the common sense to follow your own moral and ethical code. And that is none of our, our sources talk about this, but I just wanted to throw in there that we all have 
uh, our own code that we owe to ourselves to uphold, regardless of what's popular or regardless of what, you know, what, what, what trait culture has picked up around you. You still have a responsibility to yourself to follow your own moral and ethical code, even when it's not popular. That's also another good way to not start a bad habit. You know what I mean? So that's all I got on that. And it creates less friction, right? We go, no matter, no matter if you, no matter what your code is, no matter what your preconceived notions are, if you stick to it through thick and thin, you'll have less friction on yourself, and that's all that matters. Whatever, whatever everyone else says at the end of the day, then let them say it, right? Let, let them say, it, let them be it. But let's go back to this next part. It's a good, that's a good point. It's something down the road we can look into. But this poor technique becomes wired into their muscle memory. So let's do a little, little summary here. Kind of like a little visual, visualization. When you think about muscle memory, you hear that term a lot in two things, right? You hear, first, the first most obvious is sports, right? You play sport, you retire for a couple of years, and you try to get back into it. It's hard. You might pull a muscle because you don't have that muscle memory. But the second one is brain training. You hear muscle memory a lot because your brain's a muscle. If you think about the technique, if, you, if you're getting taught the torp technique in brain training or mind training or mindfulness, you're going to continue to hurt your competition between yourself, your your inter, internal motivation and your internal problem, your internal clock. The more you hurt your internal clock, the worse it gets. So that's the, the quick summary. Tommy, we're going to make this quick, a simple point A to B here. Talk about how muscle memory, right, building that consistency up for so many years to the point where you don't have to use a book or an outside source to get better and get that mastery level. You just have it. But you're always still improving. Talk to me about how that muscle memory comes into play when it comes to building habits and routine. Got it, man. And I'll I'll play off of your example, um, sports. Um, it's like the more you practice something, the better you get at it. On the flip side of that, the more you're doing the wrong thing in practice, the more chance that you're gonna that's going to become your muscle memory doing that wrong thing. And then when it's time, when, it, when you, when you show up to play the real thing, you're going to do that wrong thing because you've been practicing it and it's got wired into your, into your brain training, right? Like how it's got wired in it. This is what you're supposed to do. And then when you do it, it's not the right thing. Right. Um, so of course we want to practice even in personal growth and personal success. Um, we talked about it before, you know, adding it a failure into this. Um, that's a perfect example of doing the wrong thing It's failure. Uh, so we learn from the mistake. We correct that error. We start doing it the right way. And eventually we're, it's going to be wired into our muscle memory the right way. And when that situation arises again, we're good. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't have really much to add. There. I think it's all, sometimes it's all wiring technique, right? It's like the old electric. You got to put point A to point A and, Blue water, blue water. It, it, it basically it's the same thing. It's the same concept of wiring yourself, your brain, your mind, your sports, whatever. It, it's all practice, but it's also all what you feed your mind. You feed your mind this, you feed your body this, you feed your etc. This. It's the same exact technique. You feed whatever you feed, you'll get out in, at, on the output. Whatever you put in the input machine, you'll always get what you put in the output because you've been consistent. The moment you put right. a different variable in the input machine, the output's different. That's right. Let's get into the emotions part. Here's so important. As Mr. Taylor says, negative emotions such as fear, anger, sadness, frustration, hopelessness can act as a powerful deterrent to life change. 
for example, many people don't change out of the fear of failure. They might think, what if I can't change? Then I'll prove myself to be even more of a failure than I am now. Then they say, I've been this way for a long time and I'm getting by. So it's not worth the risk. These negative emotions become substantial barriers to change by being triggered whenever you feel uncomfortable, incompetent, or unsupported. And the only relief is to retreat back to the way you've been. All right, let's sum this up here and then I'll give it back to Tommy. Think about this. It, when you have emotions, and we talk about, we've talked about how many times, I think it's more me on this one. We've talked about how many times emotional intelligence has come onto this show, just how it's a yeah. factor, how it's a deterrent, how it could be a also a success. It could be a difference between success and a learning experience. If you think about what it's saying here, what if I can't change, right? Well, if you just highlight that, well, I'm actually highlighting as we speak here, can't. Just the words you use, man, it, it's powerful, right? If you say, well, you can't do that, you just become you, your mood begins to drop your your heart rate it just it just shrinks it becomes like you're moving in slow motion but if you change your tone like hey man you can do this look what we've done already in the past right you, you start to get upbeat you start to get tempo you start to get rhythm you're like, you know what maybe i got the consistency maybe i had that uh-huh. cutting edge drive that i didn't have if someone wasn't there for me or yourself right if you can make that positive impact on yourself and your mind by being determined and motivated, it helps. Now, I'm going to toss it to Tommy. Tommy, what's a good, what would you say? I summed it up the way, I want you to just kind of sum this up for our viewers and how you can look at word choices being a big, powerful impact, as the article says, on emotional intelligence and emotional quotient. You know, sir, uh, language is art. Yeah. And um, and especially that inner dialogue you have with yourself, um, you know, pardon the pun, but there's always going to be that part of you that's that negative Nancy, you know, that is gonna it's gonna feed that stuff to your head, and if you let it if you let it take control of it, then you're never gonna have a positive change because every time you don't try, you're gonna fail, you know. Um, so to me, anthropologically speaking, it it goes back to your own personal determination. You know, I think a in, I think a good example is one day you know what, you know. You 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 kind of mean it. You kind of don't. You try, but you fail because that urge to smoke is just more powerful than your self determination. So you know, years pass. You've been smoking this whole time, and then down the road, something negative happens, like something related to smoking and your health. So there you are, you know, uh, sitting alone by a window, looking out with this health thing now, going, you know what? I'm going to quit. And the difference in the last time and this time is that in your heart and in your mind, you mean it. And that's where your self-determination just changed. And until you have that, that both feet in, I'm going to do this mentality, then it's either going to come out half right and half wrong, or you're not going to do it at all. But once you get, once you reach that level of determination, that it's either going to stay this way forever, or I'm going to change it. Once you reach it, then you'll change it. And and same with this. Um, you're going to get to that point when you decide, regardless of all the negatives, I'm going to get to this positive change the way that I have to get there. And you'll work it out because you want it that bad. I think in today's world, being half in and half out, it's just like following the crowd, the sheep. It's not really putting yourself in a good shoe. 
you're not putting yourself ahead of the pack. You're just following the sheep of what everyone thinks is because of the uncertainty, right? The variables. Same thing with language, right? Like you said, if you if you hear negative language on a media source, an outlet, TV, article, a piece of content, etc., you're most likely to follow that content because, as we just talked about, one slide up, <laughs> habits, right? The habits Ooh, you build yeah, affect the yeah. emotion and the language for sure. All right, all right, all right. That's pretty much it for that. But let's go to the last one, Tommy. This is a I'm just going to kind of sum this up here. As Dr. Taylor says, I think this is the biggest sentence out of all of them. You create an environment that helps you best manage your baggage, habits, and emotions. But more importantly, you surround yourself with the people who are supportive the way you are and make you feel comfortable and safe. And you engage in activities to play to your strengths that help you either mask or mitigate these apps. The rest we'll talk about later. But I think that's the biggest sense right? I'm going to highlight here kind of figuratively is you surround yourself and you engage in activities. When you think about the environment, when you first are growing up or, or in a maybe a phase or maybe in a midlife crisis or maybe in a heck, maybe in a successful manner, right? You, there's always environment and learning experiences with success in both learning and failure at times. But when you first start off, the environment's not going to be the same as when you're on day 1000. Date, it's, it, it's the old adage, right? One day or day one, right? If you have that day one mentality environment when it's always going to be new, fresh every day, that's great. But for somebody, that may not work. Somebody might say it's just one day, right? It's always just one day. One day at a time, this environment's great and all, but I just want to continue to be consistent and develop a routine that helps me pursue the next day better as I take it one day at a time. And that goes back to word choice. But Tommy, talk about environment, how it plays to people's strengths, and most importantly, how the environment you surround yourself with, whether it be people, nature, whatever, is just as important in the it's just as important, if not more important, than the actual activities you engage in. Yeah, and I want to reread that first sentence. Yeah, go for under it. this this last obstacle of, of environment. And actually, I want to say that this is actually the opposite of an obstacle. This is how you you achieve in this area of personal growth and making changes positive and not negative. This the line says you create an environment that helps you best manage. I've been talking about that this whole episode. Right. You have to manage the the baggage, the habits, the emotions the best way you can to succeed. And he, and Jim Taylor actually lays it out how to do that, how to manage it. You surround yourself with people who are supportive of the way you are and make you feel comfortable and safe. I, you know, EG you're removing the, the people and situations that are unsupported or they support bad habits or negative emotions or, you know, the worst kind of baggage. That's managing these situations effectively. And he also says you engage in activities that play to your strengths and help you either mask or mitigate those obstacles. And of course, we want to mitigate them. We want them to, to we want to work them down to they don't exist anymore. And we have we have a new way to adapt and to change and not only to, you know, verbally or or not only to in an action sense change, but also we know how to handle it better. So, you know, we don't have these baggage situations or negative emotions or bad habits ruining these opportunities. 
we feel them coming on, we manage it appropriately, and then we succeed. And I think that was the whole point of this from a psychological and anthropological approach, especially about the habits part. And I like the way they broke it down to, you know, the, the root of a habit, which is, you know, these things that happened to us in our past that we relive over and over again. When, when, it, when that moment, get, when a moment triggers it, um, this article succinctly showed us what they were. And then at the end told us, this is how you can manage it. And you form fit that to yourself. And you can have success with this. Yeah, you really, and that's the thing. You can you can take success in any environment you choose. It's just how you play to your best of surroundings. It's like making a mole. It's, it's like making lemon out of lemonade. But sometimes you forget you made the lemonade. You put the seeds in there. Right? People don't like the seeds. <laughs> that's what it's kind. Of, I mean, we joke and laugh, but it's kind of true. Yeah. With right. life, if you make everything perfect, sometimes you just leave the seeds and forget, and that's okay. Right? right? It's okay to make those mistakes, make those uh, habits in the beginning. It's just when you get to a certain environment, a certain ambiance of life, you realize that maybe it's not it's not the best course of action. You know? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's all about adaptation and change that we plan that into our success. Is I mean. I think we'll we'll talk about it in a minute, but yep. I mean, look at any 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 like successful company that has been around for you know more than fifteen years. Just imagine how much they've had to change to stay successful. Oh yeah, you know, just from like from going from um, you know door to door, foot marketing, to having the internet and having been able to market, you know. Through media, social, yep, social media, yep, yep, yep. I, I think that's it, man. It's, it, it's the, the key pillar of life, right? One of two key pillars in life. It's well, the first key pillar you said is adaptation, and number two is, is developing habits. I think if you can not just adapt, but also develop habits while adapting, you're golden. You you really have figured out the the basic definition of life, other than silence is golden. But I mean, if you just figure out those two things your environment will naturally appeal and, and not just, and I think we forgot about uh, before we sign off here and energy is another thing. When you attract the right environment in your facility, place, work, life, balance, whatever, the energy comes with that it, it is almost like a rush of, it's almost like a rush of drinking something. And it's like caffeine. You wake up, same thing. When you get, when you get the energy back to you and it's good, it's, it's feeling great. You're flowing your whole mindset and your whole perspective changes. But that's going to do it for psychology today. I'd like to thank Mr. Jim Taylor, PhD, Power Prime. Check him out. We'll have him in the links, as always, in the show notes. And let's move over, Tommy, to the motivationgrid.com here. This is a very interesting article. Let's let's kind of get into this right away. Why change is beneficial to your success and growth. I mean, change forces you to be flexible. And I want you to kind of – I'm going to let Tommy sum this up. Tommy, take this away, man, and tell me your thoughts on – why not only change forces you to be flexible, which comes with adaptation, but it also makes you go back to that old comfort zone, how you can expand it in your horizons. Yeah, sure. Um, well, change is the, the, the bridge to flexibility. I don't know so much about forces. I mean, kind of, I guess, but yeah, from, from the human touch approach, let's just say that change changes the bridge 
to to they use the word flexible, um, which to me means um, being able to, I guess, change on the fly to things that happen in your life, to be able to adapt to something new with a little resistance. Uh, change sort of accommodates the ability to do that. And I guess the more you have of it, the, the, the better you'll get at it, right? right. Um, which, which would, of course, I want to say would, allow, would would need you to have yourself in positions to be able to, to create that change. Anyway, um, the more flexibility you have, the more you become adaptable. Um, and then when the hard change does hit you, you're a little more prepared, right? Um, a good example they use here is, you know, say you know, you graduate high school and you're going off to college and you and you actually, you know, have that college experience. You go off and live on a campus in a dorm. You move away from home. Uh, shortly saying you learn how to live. Um, and that's not just for college. That's for anybody. You know, a job moves you somewhere you've never been before. Um, you know, you take a, a job at a college as an instructor that's way away from where you're from. Um, of course, it's going to be difficult. Um, especially like if you have to learn a new language or learn a new culture, uh, it gets even more difficult. But what about something as easy as, you know, learning the quickest way to where you shop? Uh, you know, what the, the, I think almost you're doing that subconsciously because learning the easiest way makes your life easier, right? But that also proves that you, you are able to adapt to change. You, you have it in you to do it. Uh, sometimes you just have to get out of your own way and allow that change to, to be beneficial for you. Um, another example, um, when you go to a job interview, one of the questions uh, an employer asks, and I know I've had it happen to me a few times, you know, how would you respond to unexpected situations? They're testing you. They're seeing how flexible you are. Um, so in that sense, change can be a growing experience. And it's also something that, will, again, make you adaptable and flexible to change the more it happens. Yeah, and, and I like how you said that in preparing a job interview, but it's like stress testing, right? You you put all this energy and time through how to make it the bulletproof product, how to make it the bulletproof relationship, how to make it the bulletproof X, Y, Z, and yet something's always going to be there to change your mindset, right? Something's always going to be there. Like you said, not force it, but be more aware and situationally aware of flexibility. I think that's a good one. That kind of right. Change situationally awares you to flexibility because the more you situationally aware yourself to what's going around you, flexibility will happen naturally. You understand change. You'll understand flexibility. It's a positive yeah. correlation. It's a direct correlation as Matt Turner would say, but as the as the old adage goes, if you don't understand change, then you, we don't even need to talk about flexibility. Because at that point, if you don't understand what change is, flexibility, adaptation, growing, improvement, direct direct avenues don't become a thing. So understand that change is to get into where you want to be. But let's keep it going here. It said when you move away from a home, you learn how to live with your 18 or 65. That goes back to the flexibility. But let's make it to the next thing here. Change makes you appreciate the things you took for granted. Tommy, this is this is the old adage, right? We, we talked about it on this show. Ignorance is pure bliss until it hits you in the face. I think you can mm -hmm. run with that, my man. Let's go. With it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, change can make you uh, realize those small mundane things that you didn't even think about in your life that were really good. Uh, you took them for granted. Uh, but at the same time, those same changes can make you see way more clearly uh, the things that you want to improve and keep in your life are the things that are the negatives that, you know, bolster up the negative that you want to get rid of. Change can be uh, uh, a tool to get to that point. Uh, it's all in how you how you look at it and your determination that like we talked about a second ago. Um, and then once you figure out, you know, what kind of things and people, you know, or places that you want in your life, that will help you keep moving forward from that change and keep building on on the positive that you've already started. And at the same time, you'll be very thankful for the things you had. But it also instills a level of confidence for the future that you didn't have before because you were able to adapt. You know what I mean? Yeah, confidence is that's another topic. But I guess you could say change makes you realize the things you took for granted, as it says in the article. That could be confidence, yeah. right? If you oh, never sure. had, if you never had the confidence, and you always just said, "Well, I I just kind of went through it. I went with the flow." surf the wave when I, I surfed the wave that when I said it's lowest point, lowest peak, or you can be, you know, I've always had this confidence and then one day it's gone. It's wiped away because of a traumatic event or some event that took away. You realize that ignorance can hit you sometimes. I think just being key yeah. to staying on top of that is important. Right. Ty? What did you say? Consistency is big when it comes to the ignorance. Yeah. Um, a wise person once said that you have to work really hard to be ignorant. Um, <laughs> But, you know, um, yeah, yeah, I agree with your statement. Yeah, and also because it's mundane in our lives. If you think about it, we've lived in a simulation. <laughs> a lot of people joke with me, and I'm sure other people, 2020 through 2021 to now has been, it's like living in a simulation. We're doing the same things. We're not seeing certain things due to restrictions and whatnot. And sometimes that makes you miss things. It takes you for granted the years before we had this. Or something, it could be a loss of something. It could be a, just a loss in general in a sporting event or uh, you know, anything. Anything can make you change your mindset and approval. But let's move on to the next thing because there's this is a lot here. Change will help you succeed. I mean, listen, success and succession, as I like to say, is the old terms. If you look at success, it's what you build and it's what you put in to get to that level. And you're not going to always have every two days be the same. You're not always going to have every minute every execution, every plan, every path, et cetera, be the same. Success leads into succession. What I mean by that is if you've had so much success right now, think about the succession you could have down the road. What's your plan? And I think that's like the same thing as the same. Just look at any business that's been around for more than a decade. You will see all the changes that businesses had to go through. Some businesses had success back in the early 2000s. Okay, no, there was no media outlets. Now, if you look at today, a lot of people are in succession plans because they realize they're either A, going bankrupt because they're not adapting to the e-commerce or something with technology or media outlets, or B, they've had poor management over time. It's hurt them and their performances. So, Tommy, kind of sum this up for our viewers out there. I kind of gave more of the business approach. Give us more of the human touch approach to how change will help you succeed. You got it, man. Um, so in my head, and I like to mix in both. I like to think about it from a business perspective because that is such a great example um, of how you can do that individually as a person. Uh, you know, your goal switches. You know, your goal in business is the profit and the, the growth of the company. 
we're just going to take that same model and switch it over to our lives. And we're going to grow and enrich and, and become better people to more benefit culturally life going forward. Right. Um, so as businesses adapt and change to what's going on around them, we do as individuals as well. Uh, we need to, honestly, we need to embrace the changes and, and the, the social developments or personal developments that we have uh, and move forward with it. Um, I think that's very important uh, because when you're, when you, when, when you don't have that, that immediate withdrawal from change and you're more open to it, it's appreciated all around you as well. And, and we've talked about support groups and we talked about having that strong support structure around you, you know, especially when you're, when you're trying new things and especially when you're, you know, attempting to, to take on a task that might be a little more difficult for you, something new, something fresh that, that, that sort of makes some people timid kind of the point of us doing this show really, you know, mm -hmm. is to sort of, sort of help that, you know, boost that success number up a little bit. Um, but from a business sense, people see this you, this growth in you uh, of your adapting and changing, then they're going to appreciate that. They're going to appreciate that you can you can work on the fly and you can switch and change and and, and flex uh, when it's time to do that, you know, or be humble when it's time to do that. Um, but I'd also like to add in the difference in succeeding and being successful. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, we talked about this in the pre-call. Um, I always go back to the, the, the personal, moral, and ethical code because that plays in a lot of who I am, anthropologically speaking, is that moral philosophy. And, and regardless of what's popular, you, st you know, Shakespeare said it best, so that own self be true. Um, as long as that's your, your goal in bettering yourself, is you're being true to yourself and you're emphasizing the, the the positive things in life you know with that moral and ethical code then your, your success numbers are already going up substantially um like a success is one slippery slope um oh, yeah. it's almost one of, it's almost one of those things where you have to you have to tell yourself look be careful what you wish for because you use the word succession and when you use that i thought of you get so you know famous or infamous that your life's totally different than what it used to be. Right. You, you, the, the base that you started with of, you know, this need or want, uh, for, for fame got you to, you know, gave you the drive and the motivation. But at some point it sort of skewed off the main line of what you wanted it to be. And yes, you, you gained a hundred times more success than you ever could have imagined, but it's totally alienated you from your own life from what you knew as your life. So you have succeeded from your, you know, you've succeeded from yourself. You su you've succeeded from what the whole reason for why you wanted to be better in the first place. That, that has gone bye-bye a long time ago. Right. Again, it's a, it's a slippery slope. So just be careful what you ask for. Keep your intentions true and follow that moral and ethical code that you have for yourself and don't never do yourself wrong, I promise. No, it's the nuances of life, man. Succession... Yeah, I, I guess I guess I kind of did the business approach, right? When you think of like a company, there's always a succession plan. I guess you could say the same thing with your example with fame, right? You have to look at, all right, I, I got this, right? I, I I got this fame, I got this power, I got this responsibility. Is the old saying, "Great power comes great responsibility." 
And sometimes people don't know what to do with it. Sometimes people run off into the void and say, well, here we go. Or some people tackle it head on and manage it well. Everyone's different. Some people manage it well. Some people don't. But if you don't, there's always outliers to talk to. There might be a mentor. There might be a, a, a focus group or a group that helps you not only handle that, but power you through the obstacles and challenges of dealing with an onset of success and whatever that means to you. But let's move on to the next one. Change brings new opportunities. And I think we said it best here, Tommy, about opportunity, right? It's, it's feast or famine, right? Sometimes when you're a free agent and you've been stuck at the, let's say example, you've been stuck there for 10 years at the same gig or same avenue of sports or uh, business or culture or whatever. You've been just been there for 10 years. Let's say you're finally a free agent, your contract's up. You got a new opportunity. It can be feast or famine. You can either a say, Hey, let me run towards the void again and try to find their 10 year plan or a couple year plan. Or you can try to change it up and say, Hey, you know what? I've done this for 10 years. I've made substantial enough X, Y, and Z, whether it be income, uh, successful, rates or I don't know, whatever, whatever it means to you, right? Let's just say, let's just say income for the sake of the show. And you want to start something on your own. You feel you got enough flexibility. You have enough time. You have enough remaining valuable assets to go out there and make a difference. That's where the, the, the family could come in though, right? Cause you think, well, when you first start things, well, there's some of these things that can go wrong, but if you have that feast mentality, Hey, it's, it's day one. Right, it's it's every day is day one. Every day is a new challenge and it brings a new opportunity. If it's hard, so be it. Let me face it head on. How you use that language going back to that last source sometimes dictates new opportunities and the possibilities. What would you say about this? How to sum it up? Yeah, um, everything from having the opportunity to be kind to someone up to pursuing your dream job. Um, change brings about those things. Um, it's up to you. I, I hate to keep, you know, beating a dead horse here, but it, it's your self-determination and how bad you want it. And are you doing it? Are you doing it for the right reasons? If you have, if, if all, all those three things are checked off, man, you can, you'll have more opportunities than you think. Um, it's wide open. There's so many different examples here. Um, possibilities are endless. Uh, the only way to make, to make, these opportunities mean anything is to act on them. So determination, you know, I mean, that's, that's all I can say about that. Yeah, no, I, I don't think there's really much to say, man. I think this is kind of self-explanatory. I'll let the viewers, when we send the links, I'll read to themselves, but you make the opportunity for you and you have the purpose and intentions to back it up. Sometimes that's all it takes, but let's get to the last two here. Make small purposeful changes. It goes back to the old fine-tuning approach and improving. You're not going to have to make those wholesale changes, those ridiculous lifestyle choices, because if you start off small, and, and here you go, aim small, miss small, right, Tommy? Uh, you aim small, miss small sometimes, and you make those plans, the PDP, at a small level. You're just setting yourself up for missing small, but at the same time, you might make it out big by getting big success. So, Tommy, I'm going to let you sum this one up using the aim small, miss small theory. Yeah, yeah, especially if, if you're the type that uh, change feels huge. And it's, it is difficult and different and frightening. Um, if, if that's 
your fears that implementing of a big change, then start by making small changes. Uh, again, endless opportunities here to, to do something small instead of just jumping right into a huge change. You know, um, the, the article uses the example of change up some of the decor in your house and transition from season to season. It's not a difficult task and it can also leave you more, it can leave you more open to bigger changes. Um, you know, another example is changing your lifestyle to become more, you know, physically fit and more healthy. So making as far as exercise and food, right? Uh, little small changes that in the, in the, in the big picture of it, um, makes those bigger, more frightening changes a little more easier to implement. Um, you know, instead of setting your goal at, you know, running a, a, a 20 mile race, how about we start at two? You know, if you, if you, if you knock it out, of, but if you struggle with it a little bit, let's work on two for a little while. Remember, change is a slow, gradual process. It's not fast and it's not magic. That's where the work comes in. You know, you might not do so well if you start out at the top. You know, if you start out big, you know, it, might, it might need a little too much to, you know, to chew. You bit off too much, right? Aim small, miss small. Master the small things first and then work your way up. You know, it's like with the fit and healthy part, you know, try, you know, don't change to this new diet without the flexibility to change the diet or only do the diet, you know, for a month or two. And then, and then, you know, assess it at that point. Is it working? Is it not working? Should I change this? Should I change that? That way you're being able to, as the diet changes, your life does as well. And the, the more you fine tune that diet, the more you're fine tuning your life to actually achieve the goals of being more fit and more healthy. Right? Yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> I was just thinking about sometimes the diet, man, it's funny. Sometimes it's a, it's a hit or miss prospect. I was just kind of laughing in my head, but no, listen, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's trial and error, man. It's not, it's not, nothing is going to be perfect because perfection never exists. I don't care if you think you have that perfect recording, perfect soundbite, perfect audio, perfect mixtape, perfect recipe i don't care what it is there's always something that you can make a small and purposeful change and that's the old perpetual learning perpetual growth mindset but the bottom line is no matter what change you make you've got to always be humble and this is how we round it out and tommy i don't got to say anything about anything other than what you said in that pre-call about the greeks they like everything in moderation i'll give it to you my man take a part of this little script right here and talk about why moderation is important in terms of humility, and then I'll take it from here. Got it. Yeah, Kevin's talking about our pre-call. Um, uh, when people would go see the oracles of Delphi in Greece, uh, when they entered the the Temple of Apollo above the door, it said, in Greek, of course, everything in moderation. Uh, and I think that, that's ultimate humility. Um, I think what our article we're using and the points we're trying to make with this the article this this little section of the article sums it up very well don't be afraid of what people think the it you know and change might affect the way other people see other people's other people view you or how they see you you know that this this certain change would it might affect that but that can't play into your determination to do it uh you got to be willing to let go of pride um and you have to be willing to make mistakes. That's so important. You have to plan failure into your PDP. We, we've talked about this. 
um, that's part of humility because everybody messes up sometimes. That's just part of life, ups and downs. You know, you will never understand success if you don't understand failure first. Because if you don't understand failure first, success won't have any meaning. It'll just be something that was handed to you. Right. You have to allow you have to allow yourself um, some time and some grace and and think through not only the possibility of failure, but how you'll respond to it. The reaction. It's only gonna make you stronger. And it's only gonna up your success numbers. The important part of this is to learn from those mistakes. Learn from them, grow, and be able to move forward. Yeah. If you're learning, if you're learning, then you're on the right track to success. Yeah, for every reaction, there's always an opposite or equal reaction. And I think humility in general, man, is a moving target, right? Because in layman's terms, everyone says be humble no matter what through thick and thin. But that's not true. Certain people, if you think about what they've become, yeah, they made it, but they may have lost their way because they never understood that power responsibility and they never understood what humility really was. Same thing can be said for people on the opposite end. They may have been up there and they, they lost everything, or they may have, have maybe they've come from a different background. They've had it handed to them and they might get too arrogant or kind, or they say, you know what, let me just break the mold and say, all right, I got this. I got a lot handed to me, but I make the most of it. The lemon lemonade approach. And they, don't, and they don't forget the seeds, but uh, no, it's it, it's it's life. Change is not going to be easy. Nothing's going to be given to you. Nothing's going to be. Nothing's really given to you. Everything is earned. It's true, but when you think about what's earned and what's not earned, differences are minuscule. In this life, man, with the ever changing we live world we live in, an ever changing uh, simulation, pandemic, whatever you want to say, man, the last three years have just been different. And I just think for the viewers here, when you take when you take this episode into uh, an accountability here, understand that life is uh, life's not always going to be humble, right? There's going to be sometimes moments that humble you rather than you taking it by the horns and humbling it, the, the concept. And it's okay if it, you can't humble the concepts right away. It's important to understand that you getting humbled is the first step, as you said, Tommy, is the first step of opening up your masses. It's like, it's like springtime. When you first plant something, yeah. it needs, it needs to be water. It needs to be growth. It needs to get miracle grow. It needs to get feed. And once you start doing that, then you start growing. And I think that's a great way to end this. And uh, I couldn't give credit here to motivationgrade.com. Why change beneficial to get successful and growth. And the author is Casey Maya, lifestyle blogger for the Drifter Collective. I'd like to thank Casey there. And uh, Tommy, I just want to thank you, man. This was a great episode. I think a lot of interesting tidbits here. And what, what's the last word here before we sign off about not just change and how to create successful habits, positive change, whatever, but how you can become more of a successful person in different aspects of life rather than just one way. There's multiple ways for sure. Sure. Yeah. I To, to end, I would say put your, don't, push off change so fast, put yourself in situations that are going to require change and also put yourself in situations that's going to, that you're going to fail at because you have to get, you have to, you have to become unafraid of that. Right. So the more you put yourself in situations that require change and the more that you're going to fail because that's inevitable, 
the more you become comfortable with it. And once it's once it's part of the plan, man, your your the chances of to succeed are, are are jumping up astronomically. So, you know, humbly speaking, better yourself for yourself, not for anybody else. And when you do, and when you're different, if it changes the way people look at you, that's gonna have to be okay. Because you're staying true to yourself and you're doing it within your moral and ethical code. And when the changes do happen, learn from the, the failures and the mistakes and be flexible enough to make them work for you the best way that they can work for you. If you don't feel like you're learning and you don't feel like you're growing as a person in these in this certain change, then then stop it and move on and find the change that does work the best for you. But be smart enough to know the difference. Be humble about it and prepare yourself to fail and learn from each failure and grow from it and gain your own success. Could have said it better myself, man. I don't really have much to add other than, like you said, I guess to, to change it up here. Just understand that whatever your growth, your change, your motivations, your intentions are, never set them in stone. Life is a moving target. It's like throwing a dart and you hit you hit 10. And the next day you hit a bullseye, then the next day you're not even close to the board. You just you're throwing them off left, right, and center. But no matter what dartboard, no matter what you see on it, still always remember, even if you don't hit the bullseye, you'll still land amongst the stars, I guess you could say. But no, that's it, Tommy, for me. Thank you again, brother. And I'd like to say thank you to everyone for listening. Check us out always on Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and wherever you can find the podcast provider. Tommy, I'll see you in the next episode eight, man. Season two, almost wrapping up. Looking forward to it, my man. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to The Human Touch. If you like what you hear, drop us a review of the show on all podcast providers that provide reviews. Want to be a part of the show's community? Feel free to reach out to the show's Instagram or the host, KT and Tommy, in any of the previous episodes in the description. And we appreciate your support as the source of being the people's podcast.